0: Thank you for joining us on WQPH 89.3 FM. Shirley Fitchburg, queen of perpetual help and welcome to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. On this week's broadcast, we bring you a special broadcast from Kendra Von Esch. You may have heard Kendra on WQPH doing some of her wise reflections on occasion. And this video is also available on YouTube. And she talks to Nicole Abyssinio about trafficking and evil and protection and that addresses some of Nicole's experiences that could be a lesson for anyone. For more information on Kendra, visit Kendravonesh.com. that's K-E-N-D-R-A-V-O-N-E-S-H.com. This is part one of a two-part series. I finally found something
1: First, for people who don't know who I am, my name is Kendra Von Esch. I'm a former corporate executive, I'd like to call recovering executive from corporate America. <laughs> And I left it all behind when God found me when I was 42 years old back in 2013. In 2018, my husband and I, after I prayed long and hard, wanted to go out and share the Catholic faith with everyone. And so I YouTube and I podcast and I speak and I'm an author and just am so excited to bring people not only to Jesus, but to Catholicism, which is the religion that I ran from my entire life. (laughs) So, Nicole, tell me a little bit about your journey to Catholicism
2: in a nutshell. Sure. So um I'm both Spanish and Polish Jewish and Russian. Um, and on the Jewish side, that was the the side of my family that I was raised. My mom actually had a, a coming to Jesus moment when I was a baby when she was dying because my father had tried to kill me and and her. And so she was dying in the hospital. But long story short, yeah. There is <laughs> a oh, if you know everything about me. You know, there's a lot to my story. Um Definitely.
1: And I know you could sit on this video with me for hours, and I would be captivated. Seriously, I think your story is phenomenal.
2: An executive this week at the the studio, which I know we'll get into later, but he said to me, I think yesterday, he said, you've been making this project your entire life. Like, you've been writing it. You've been preparing for it your entire life. This is what we're doing right now, talking about today. Um, in any case, so my mom had become Catholic. She had me baptized Catholic. She put me into Catholic school and then around eight years old, we had a really bad situation with the bus driver at my school and I left the faith. Um, I left everything, and I took my mom with me, actually. And I was back then, I mean, I didn't understand anything. I definitely believed in Jesus, though. They took me to a temple once, and I walked, and I was very young, and I was at this Minnie Mouse voice, and it's in the middle of a full service. And I walk in because they, they like, begged my mom to take me to temple. So she takes me there, and in the middle of it, I just go up, and I'm like, but where's Jesus? That is awesome. <laughs> That is awesome, <laughs> and everyone was.
1: Just... I'm sure the heads and the necks were like whoosh.
2: Everyone, everyone, <laughs> I'm like this little teeny pip squeak. But anyways, so that was kind of the beginning of my journey. But after leaving when I was eight, you know, I was really away for many years, and everything was about film, and theater, and that was my god was the entertainment industry without knowing it. But it was just I was so passionate about it and so focused, and it was all I ever wanted because I didn't understand that all any of us want or need is is Jesus is God right. is is our relationship with him and the church and so yeah a lot of years lost of that beauty but God you know he always has a way he brought me back in 2009 on the red carpet at a Woody Allen premiere in Cannes Film Festival so was- what happened
1: you know you say that what, what when you say he he got you and and that was when you came back did you have like a holy spirit moment of clarity or was it a message or was it a, what was it a feeling
2: um I mean I think that there so there were things I think leading up from the year before of getting to this point in my career where I was getting successful and it not being what it was supposed to be or what the world had told me it was supposed to be it was actually the opposite and I was so torn apart and empty and miserable and like it was just it had nothing it was empty I could say, and so I had been seeking, you know, and I had been reading everything. I mean, every religion and every, and nothing was clicking. But I was looking, and uh, and I was on the red carpet, and the Holy Spirit literally came upon me. It was this awareness that what I was doing and being part of, that that was wrong. That that wasn't going to fulfill me. That that would never fulfill me, and that everything, it was almost like uh, you know, in the Matrix. It felt very much like in the matrix where you you took the pill and then you realize that that's a false reality. Yes. Yeah, and that I needed to find God. And I didn't even know what that meant. I just remember in my gut I said I need to find a church and everyone said, oh, "What?" It's <laughs> right. like, "Yeah, I don't know what what church, but I need to find a church." Of course, I would never have thought a Catholic church.
1: Ever. Right. So that's a crazy ride. So okay. So you were done. Uh, You had an epiphany. This is not the love. This is not the acceptance. This is not the thing that I need. I need God, right? That God-shaped hole in your heart that only God can fill. So that was basically what you were feeling at that moment.
2: Exactly. But didn't
1: decide to just leave Hollywood at that point.
2: No, I don't think I even understood what that meant or would be or no, nothing. I just was focused on God. Where is he? And how do I find him? And what do I do? That's so cool.
1: So how would you stumble into Catholicism again?
2: (laughs) So um, I had found a non-denominational Christian rock church because my boyfriend at the time was a Christian musician. And so I thought, oh, this place has a band. It'll be great. (laughs) Let's just do a quick Hail Mary.
1: Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen okay yes i know you've been praying all day me too so one time i'm in my basement it's freezing down here and it's the only place that i can plug into my internet so i'm sure you have the same thing where you want to do a hard wire yeah yeah so i'm in my basement it's cold and i did a um, live event with sonia corbett talking about forgiveness And I was using my computer, I'm plugged in, and the internet goes out. And my husband's upstairs, we never have the internet go out. And so I had to go on my cell phone, on cell service, and finish the rest of the event. But the minute we were done with the call, the internet went back on, I go upstairs, my husband's like, oh, the internet's back. Did it affect your your event? I'm like, yeah, kinda. (laughs) And I know that the evil one does not want this video out there
2: god is completely protecting us he has put a hedge of protection and covered us in his blood and all technology so he's not messing this up today i love it okay so
1: go back how did you stumble upon catholicism i know that's a loaded question
2: uh i got punched in the face twice oh that's great yeah that is what it felt like so basically i went back to hollywood I want to be a Christian. I'm asking God to change my life. And I I, I believe in him now. I'm trying to, you know, learn him and, and like live a new life. I have no idea what that means. But when I went back to Hollywood, they literally just came after me. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I had no idea about Satanism. I had no idea about witchcraft and all these things. And that was just coming full force to me to the point that, I mean, I got deathly ill and I almost died. Enter catholic latin mass priest in what i called a dress (laughs) oh that's right that's right okay wait back up back up only because you said you didn't know
1: what satanism was at that time
2: i didn't know any of it
1: so i didn't know any of this stuff like 2020 was probably a big year for me (laughs) lots of you know things were lifted from my eyes you know you mentioned the matrix maybe i took the red pill not sure at the end of the day all i know was that i didn't understand what evil truly was in this world. So I had a friend a few years ago before 2020 who actually got attacked by witches who pretended to be Catholics. And so they would be in the Catholic church. Yeah, yeah, and they would go, she would go to the right I know God bumps over there. She would go to a prayer group at her house and they would be in the basement speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. And that was where these the horrible spells were cast on her to the point where her family was just attacked so badly. Her children and the nightmares and the the actual seeing spirits in her room and they had to leave their home. It's crazy. And at that time, I honestly was like, I didn't believe her really.
2: Oh, see, when I hear that, I literally could start to cry. I tried. I just wasn't there.
0: I know. now,
1: Now I get why would anyone do something like that to somebody was my whole point. Why would anyone want to harm someone like that? Well, I came to the understanding that we, you and me, have the spirit of God within us and we have compassion and we have love for humanity and people and the creatures that God created versus people who are either intentionally worshiping Satan and doing these evil things because they have Satan's spirit. In my mind, I look back at the only blaspheme is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, which means you kick him out of you and you say, come on in evil. And that's where you completely turn. I know there are other people who may not have gone into the satanic path, but maybe they do a lot of really bad things and they just opened up all these windows and doors and they just have an evil kind of tendency and spiritual way about them, but they may not be worshiping Satan so to speak. So what say you girl?
2: (laughs) There's so much to it because there are different levels of it. I mean, I literally heard someone about somebody doing Christians the other day When I wasn't feeling well, they were like, "Hey, you know, you should get some Reiki. Do you want us to do Reiki?" I'm like, "How do you not know that that's witchcraft?" I mean, that and that and that's a lot of it's the it's the not knowing. You know, you can open a door by you know horoscopes. You can open a door by going to a psychic. You can, so people aren't realizing really where the open doors are to begin with. And then the enemy does love to trick people. So sometimes people are like, "Oh, well, we're good witches," and they think that they're. Right. But it's, it's, they really do believe because because they're getting power from it. I mean, I met a Catholic sacristan years ago and I knew right away and I, I knew right away what he was doing. And he had been assigned to demons. He was a voodoo doctor. And I was like, you can't be Catholic and be doing this. And he said, well, but they give me power and they help me. And it's like a lot of these people deceive themselves. So as opposed to the other people like you're talking about that are just like, I'm an evil Satanist and I'm going to, <laughs> you know, destroy the world because I'm sucking their blood. I mean, but, but the thing is, there are those people that yeah. literally know that they're going to gain more power by doing evil, by taking a soul. Satanists know that a Catholic soul is worth more than other souls. They know the truth of the Eucharist. They know, you know, all these things that they can get one knocked down. There's Freemasonry. There's so many different uh sectors of this in different levels, you know, and then there's also it, it is a ranking of people who will come against you and it's like, nah, you don't really have that much. And then there's one people that are very, very powerful. Um, in Satan. Now, the thing to always remember, though, is that God is always stronger and he is always more powerful. And, you know, he can do a lot of pony tricks. And so because his pony tricks are so good, that's where you can get afraid. And then you back off your God-given territory, which is that we are crowned. We are heirs in Christ. And so when you're a baby Christian, you don't even know what you're dealing with. You don't know how to fight. You don't know spiritual warfare prayers. You don't know, oh, well, I can go to daily mass every day and that will, you know, cover me in the blood and I can say these prayers and my daily rosary and holy water. And, you know, those are all just things as a strong soldier, you kind of have to learn. It's just my boot camp experience was, you know, literally almost dying. And that's just the case.
1: That's That's what it is. Excellent, excellent segue, because this is why I wanted to share that other story, because People were taking your power, hence making you sick.
2: Correct, in a way by it casting spells on you. Actually, levels because it was different. It was different people. So the the first group were were witches that were which wasn't I wasn't deathly. I was just not. It was I was just messed up from it. I was just not okay. They were trying to take the power, and that was a woman that actually literally told me, "I've waited twenty years for you." Oh, God. like what? And she's like, I, I, she's like your power. But the thing is, is that she was right. Because just like God knows what we're going to do, the enemy doesn't know everything, but he knows some things and he knows what we're destined to do. And so he has to send, I mean, it's a perfect war strategy. It's perfectly logical. So I try to talk about it in a logical manner, as opposed to, I think when you're going through something like that, people tend to talk in a very emotional manner. And I think that that's sometimes why people don't believe them because it's such a hysterical uh causing experience and it's such a terrifying experience yeah there's nothing human about the experience
1: and that's why i want you to share a little bit more about your sickness and how you met the the man in the dress and how you got to catholicism but also just kind of share your epiphany of the true attack that was happening on you, because it must have been so bizarre. You must have gone and and went to every earthly cultural place, a medical doctor. Maybe you went to new age doctors or whatever. I'm sure you went everywhere to try to find out what was wrong with you or maybe you didn't. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, I didn't. I mean, they have to do a a psychological profile, which of course I passed. And not only that, but they wanted to like come and observe what I was going through so that it could help them the doctors oh Um, okay yeah originally yeah originally like um the physical symptoms yes I went into the hospital and they were experimenting on me there was the hospital but once I had checked out of the hospital and the prayers were working the deliverance the things that were being done of um you know, for protection and stuff, it it was very clear. And then the things that were happening were so not human that it it surpassed a point of human, like anyone that was around knew that it wasn't human. There There was no discounting it. I mean, I suppose you could, but I don't know what you would potentially even call that. So no, at that point it really was just the the spiritual uh, battle to the death, basically. And they had made it clear what they were doing, um, you know. But I don't I don't give them any weight or any power. And I, I think that you know everything happens with God's permissive will, and I believe that. He needed me to go through the most horrific things in the spiritual realm, um, which I experienced, you know, physically, so that I would be able to help so many others. Exactly. So and more that I'm fighting right now, because it's always Ephesians 6, 13 and on. It's always our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against prince and principalities. And I, I needed to understand that. And I needed to understand the sword of the spirit of the Bible and the word of God, like the, the, uh, the armor that I needed to put on to be Mm -hmm. able to do what God called me to do for this, this mission. Everyone that's still breathing has a mission on this earth.
1: Amen to that. Too bad. So many of us don't know what that is,
2: (laughs) but it will be revealed in the time that it needs to be revealed when that person is ready and, and not a moment before, because you don't want to like, God's not going to let us mess it up. Mm-hmm. So we don't right. get to do it until we're ready. And if we're denying it or if we're not pursuing the preparation of it, you know, when we're in our cocoons, yeah, you know, not the butterfly yet. Exactly. Just be patient. Okay. So
1: now you're all about Christianity, about doing Christian films, Catholic films, and acting, and you get out of kind of the Hollywood thing at this point in your life. And now I'm assuming you're healthy?
2: Yes i don't get out of hollywood i just decide to close my companies start new companies that are only for god and then just use all my gifts for him because i'm not gonna give up my gifts it's just the enemy was robbing me of my gifts and using them for him and his kingdom instead of god's kingdom so that's what i did then okay that's what he did yeah
1: yeah, getting out of Hollywood, that does sound kind of weird. You just moved and you're focused to Christian and God, which is awesome.
2: And then what do we call Hollywood? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is Hollywood filmmaking or is Hollywood like actually that area? Yeah. What do you consider? A, I think it's both.
1: You know, I think of Hollywood as just the the Hollywood elite, the the movie producers, the actors. You know, I know there's such a broad group in Hollywood and it's not always the top echelon but that's who I kind of think of when I think of Hollywood probably different for everybody I guess
2: it is and there's good and bad there and um but I definitely changed my yeah. and I also wasn't seeking anymore I wasn't like wanting to go you know to the premiere special club that no one else could get into and be with the you know because those things didn't matter so, right more. I just wanted to be in mass and I wanted to be with Jesus and I wanted to like spread the gospel. So amazing. So that was it. That's why I was like, I just want to focus on that because it's, he's just so amazing.
1: Ah, okay. All right. So I'm
2: in love. I'm in love. I know. That's the way it should be. That's the way it I should know. be. Okay. But sometimes I we need to hope like the enemy was like my ex, but he's a stalker. So you're like. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to give him any any, any air time. He's so, yeah. basically exactly where I was at when you were talking. I was like, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, people want to know. And it does help people. But yeah. again, like you said, it depends when I shared it with you, right? Exactly. Like I
1: said, they need to have the ears available to hear and understand this. Okay, so now let's go into your newest adventure, the Advocate series that I am so jazzed about. So let's go back to my 2020 eye-opening red pill kind of time where I realized, whoa, there is trafficking going on to a scale and to a degree that I never knew about. Boy, if we only paid attention to the children on the milk cartons back in the (laughs) 60s and 70s, I mean, where were our heads? Well, we were completely duped and I didn't realize how big of a deal it is. And I know you were on Dan Burke and Stephanie Burke's Divine Intimacy Radio this morning. And you talked about, he talked about pornography and how there are so many That's people great. who are pushed into pornography against their their will. And I had a
0: huge
1: pornography addiction, unlike Dan, who said he never had a problem with it. I and know. He's- I, oh my gosh, just horrible, horrible. So I know I get the evil that can come out of that. And one of the things that kept me from going back was learning about people being held against their will to wow, do these really? Mhm.
2: That's amazing.
1: Crazy. Thank you God. Thank you God. So, so tell us a little bit because I do believe that <laughs> you have been born for this. Where did this come from? in your heart to put this series together. And by the way, it's on Pure Flix. We will put all the information in the description of this video. And it's a five-part series. You're going to do a second season. We'll talk about that later. But tell me, where did this come from? Because I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy to promote this for you.
2: First of all, I'm just so thankful that uh, of your support of the show. And even before, it just Hit, you know, you don't know when it's going to come out, what it's going to be, and you are already on board for it. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for that. Um, but the show, the advocates is on pure flicks you can get a roku you can download it but it's basically a show that came in 2006 before i was christian i was living in new york city uh, in the industry and it was an idea that there was a a a child abuse investigator that had supernatural gifts that helped her to get ahead she's like a superhero she could get ahead of the bad guys and um i remember the idea was brought to me by a gentleman named jim coleman who now amazingly plays tolton in (laughs) like the also wasn't living you know he he's a big actor and wasn't living life amazing but i had told him at the time i I was like whoa i was like the world's not ready for that because i knew nobody wanted to anything about kids or protecting kids or you know and it wasn't on my heart either it was like oh that's not going to be popular and nobody will let that be, no one will let that exist, which is true. I mean, it it often is very, very shut down subject to, you know, to discuss, especially to make something of, you know, they want Hallmark, they want, yeah, they want more of the, the lighter stuff, we'll say. But when 2020 hit, and like you said, I feel like a lot of people had an awakening like you did. And I felt for the first time that I could just it was like, I could do what I want. You know what I mean? Like I can do what I'm called to do kind of thing. And I feel like people were ready for it and they wanted to hear it and they cared about it. And, you know, the, the blinds were off, so to speak, like you said, and, and for so many people. And that was the, you know, that was what made the show start. I, I, you know, it, it was all just planned. It was all always just ordained and it was ordained for this perfect time. And in the year before, In 2019, I was traveling and I had horrific experiences that entire year. I was traveling on like a mini speaking tour Mm -hmm. and I always traveled alone. I never had a problem. I had three different horrific, terrifying problems. One, I almost got kidnapped. I had to jump out of a car Uh, sliding down the car, Um, I had a problem with TSA, which was extraordinarily terrifying and frightening. I really uh, don't travel much now. (laughs) And um, the third experience was I almost got trafficked. I was stuck in a high end hotel in another country where I was speaking and I was literally messaging people like, I don't know if I'm getting out of here alive. Like it was so scary. And I just, that one was the worst because I knew I may not, Make it out. Like, how am I getting out of here? Like, you know, when you know you're in danger and your mm-hmm. your life is flashing before your eyes, they talk about that was that was the time. Wow. They
1: locking you in your room?
2: Yeah, there was this high end hotel, and um, and I had been staying at hotels all over. Now, the only reason I ended up at this hotel. Was that they had messed up my travel to the speaking thing? I had been come early, and I was like, "Oh, I'll come late." Well, they messed up the train schedule, not on purpose, but it was extraordinarily late at night. And I said, "I'm not, you know, going to travel in the middle of the night. I'll come in the morning. Let me find a hotel." And there was a high end hotel that was right by this train station, and I thought, "Well, great, you know, it's a beautiful like I'll just, you know, go get this hotel and, and be safe and leave in the morning," thinking that. And when I get there, it was already suspect. Suspect because they asked to keep my passport, which no one exactly like if you're an avid traveler, you know that that's not a thing.
1: Yeah, that's not a
2: thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a thing. (laughs) That's not a thing. And I I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and and then the guy says to me, oh, we just like to keep a a good track of our uh, foreign guests. You know, it was just so bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no, just give me my passport and, you know, give me a room. They send me to this mind boggling. They send it's like in a movie. They send me to this floor that's not like other floors. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You're like laughing because it's so this nice. seems like a movie, right? It's, it's okay, go ahead. That's what I'm saying. That's why they're like, you've always been writing this show because like <laughs> my experiences are so not not normal experiences, right? but they're all for a good purpose. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, this thing was it was like an air where an aircraft could land on this high rise with six from all with glass windows, and they were all like adjoining. With a whole back thing. Now, at this point, I had only been to this floor. So I suppose I could have thought it was normal, but I just knew it wasn't. Like, it was insane. And I kid you not, there's no locks on the door. Like, what hotel? There's no safety lock on the inside. They can come in and out like nothing. The bathroom, okay, the toilet is in the shower. It's one contained, like, prison unit. It was terrifying. I cannot express how much I knew that I was in trouble. Long story short, just get to the point, I was able, and I was stuck there, too. I also, because I tried to leave and I couldn't get out. I was trapped in there. They couldn't get out of the elevator. Like, there was no, it never came. There was no getting me out. By the grace of God, with, like, emergency messages, whatever, I get out. I wanted to see another room. I'm like screaming. I'm like, I'm too, and, and, and meanwhile, I'm funny when I'm very, very, very scared. So I'm like, I'm too old to be trafficked. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't last, people. I wouldn't laugh. It was so scary. So I asked, I was like, I want to see another. Everybody knew where I was at this point. Like everybody was, it was, I was okay at this point.
0: Tune in at this same time next week to learn more about what happens next to Nicole. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.